Hi, friends. Welcome to another episode of That Sounds Fun. I'm your host, Annie F. Downs. I'm really happy to be here with you today. We've got a great show in store. Throughout July, you have been hearing and will continue to hear all of our That Sounds Fun tour live conversations. So if you weren't able to make it in person, you'll still get to enjoy them. And we did save some of the interview just for the live audience, but most of it is here. And you'll get to hear some live feedback from the friends who were with us that night. At our Waco, Texas stop on the tour, we met up with my new friend, Jamie Kern Lima. Jamie is a New York Times bestselling author and founder of It Cosmetics, a company she started in her living room and grew to the largest luxury makeup brand in the country. She sold the company to L'Oreal in a billion-dollar deal. Y'all are going to laugh so hard when you hear the audience hear that for the first time. And then she became the first female CEO of the brand in its 100-plus-year history. Her new book is called Believe It, How to Go from Underestimated to Unstoppable. I think you're going to love the book and love this conversation. So here is Jamie Kern Lima live in Waco, Texas. Will you please welcome our guest, the founder of It Cosmetics and the author of Believe It, Jamie Kern Lima. Yay! Yay! Thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you so much for having me. Hello, everyone. Hello. Hello, hello. Just means the world that you're here. I am so grateful. You literally like buzzed in from LA and you're buzzing back out just because you're kind to me. Oh, because so. I love you. I'm honored to be here. Honored to be part of your show. Can we just start by, let's talk about It Cosmetics. For any of our friends who are not wearing makeup, like the dudes, most of them, and, uh, but anybody who isn't, doesn't know the story of It Co- Cosmetics, will you just kind of give the, over, the flyover of that? Yeah, so It Cosmetics, uh, it's a wild story, actually. Some people who know it may know, maybe you've seen it in Sephora or on QVC. Um, as we're speaking right now live, it's the largest luxury makeup company in the U.S., which is <laughs> <you> wild, <laughs> this which is crazy. the largest luxury makeup company in the world. <laughs> well, it's crazy because, and the only reason I share that is it's really a God journey, and yeah. it's a, a journey of, of struggle, of rejection, of setback, of... Like if you ever know in your gut, you feel like something's part of your calling, but then, you know, it's just not going your way. Mm. Um, that's really the journey. And, you know, I, um, I was a television news anchor and I thought I was in my dream job and I, I started getting hereditary rosacea. Mm. And I, for me, it comes in the form of bright red, bumpy skin. Uh, and I would be anchoring the news live and I would hear in my earpiece from my producer, there's something on your face, there's something on your face, you oh need gosh. to wipe it off. You know, I'd be live on TV. And I knew there was nothing I could wipe off. Right. I knew that it, it was, the, the makeup was, was breaking up, it wasn't working. And, and so I started this season in my life of what I thought was setback. Um, I was, you know, uh, struggling with a lot of self-doubt. I would be live anchoring the news thinking like, are viewers changing the channel? Am I going to lose my job? Um, You know, all the things. And I I started trying to find products that would work. And from the the drugstore products to the department store to the, you know, pro makeup artists, I didn't know anything about makeup. Uh, But I knew I couldn't find anything that worked. And so I had this kind of moment. Um, So when I pray, that's how I I hear God through my intuition. (laughs) And um, I had this strong intuition, this gut feeling like, 
if you could launch a company and figure out a product that works for you, it'll probably help a lot of other people. Um, so I had that feeling in, in my gut, but then my head was like, oh, but you're unqualified, and right. you've got no money, and no right. connections, and, you you're know. Like, I, every TV anchor makes a makeup company. Yeah. That's the next thing. Yeah, I know. Yeah, and I, so I, so for a long time, I was like, do I take this, this, this leap? And I think, um, I think the moments in life where we learn to hear ourselves and, and to trust ourselves, yeah. right? Um, those are the moments that change our lives. And it was kind of a big risk to, to start at Cosmetics. Um, I, uh, on my honeymoon flight to South Africa with my husband, we wrote the business plan, got back, quit our jobs, poured every penny we had as savings into our first product. And I thought like, oh, if we create a really great product, it's just going to sell. Right. And um, <laughs> what I didn't know was the first three years of the company um, we couldn't afford to pay ourselves, but also, uh, it was hundreds of no's. So like I had this feeling, this dream, like if we could get on QVC, um, I could prove the product works, right? I had this kind of, um, and, and in building it cosmetics, I yeah. should, I should take a step back. It wasn't for me just about, oh, let me create a great product. I had this realization, Annie, that, uh, you know, why can't I find a product that works? And then I realized, wait a minute, I've never seen a model in a beauty ad with rosacea showing that the, and then I was like, why haven't I? And then I realized all growing up, I've seen thousands of beauty commercials and yes. I always loved them, but they always had kind of Photoshopped flawless skin. And even though I aspired to look that way, they always kind of made me feel like I wasn't enough. Yeah. And so I had this vision when I created it cosmetics. Well, what if we could put real women, like every age, shape, size, skin tone, skin challenge, call them beautiful models, mean it, and try to shift the definition of beauty yeah. for every little girl out there who's, who's about to start doubting herself and every grown woman who does. So like my mission was strong, but when we launched the company, I would go to Sephora or Ulta or all the department stores yeah. or QVC and they all said no. They said women won't buy makeup from images that look like that. Which is um, unbelievable, right? And they're like, no, they, they don't want to see women that look like them. Right. right. Exactly, because it had never been done that way. Right. You would think that makes sense, right? right. That women would, would want to buy makeup from someone that looks like them and, and, and maybe is their age or has their skin challenges like me or whatever. It had never really been done. And it was this uphill battle of three years of hundreds of no's and hundreds of rejections. Um, we got down to no money. <laughs> I didn't know, we couldn't afford to hire anybody. I didn't know how we were gonna stay alive. And there were so many times where um, I thought it was gonna be our big break. Uh, and then it was another just really big, um, painful rejection. Yeah. And so even QVC, which, Right now, we're the largest beauty brand in QVC's history. But for three years, for three years, it, it was also a no. And, yeah. and every time I would get someone on the phone or, or get a meeting, they would say, you're not the right fit for us or for QVC. And so it was this uphill battle. And I just want to share that because I, um, I think sometimes we just see people's highlight reels online. Yes. <laughs> or we just see the outcome, right? We're like, oh, wow, there's a cosmetics in Sephora or whatever. But okay. Sephora said no for six years. Like six it's, years. Yeah. Six years. So it's just like sometimes when you, you have to trust your gut and trust your calling and trust what, when God's telling you you're supposed to be doing this, mm -hmm. you don't always see it the way you want to see it. And it doesn't yeah. always unfold 
the way you want it to unfold. You, it never does. Yeah. I mean, really, I just feel like it never looks the way we thought. I think uh, in the book, you talk about the difference between a set back and a setup. Yes. Well, you kind of talk about that. Like there's so many of us that are maybe in that place of where we feel like this just has not worked out. This thing that I thought was going to work out. I wanted to write a book. I wanted to start a company. I thought we'd, our bank account would be different by now. And it feels like a ton of setbacks. Yes. You know, I have started this new relationship. I don't think I've ever talked about this. I've started this new relationship with with how I embrace rejection in my life um, in a way where I've become more fearless about it because I believe setbacks are setups um, for for our calling and for what we're meant to do. And, you know, um, a couple examples. I mean, well, for one, just getting the rosacea, thinking I'm going to get fired from, you know, all the things um, when really that was just a step in my journey of where I was supposed to go next. Uh, but even along the way, you know, there's, there's a famous saying, um, rejection is God's protection. Mm. <laughs> and I, all of us who've dated know that's true. Yes. Hey, <laughs> <man>. <laughs> we all know. <laughs> oh my goodness. Yes. Well, I think it's true in, in, in so many other areas. Yeah. Um, you know, when we're going through a hard season or when things don't look how we want them to look or they feel unfair, uh, it's easy to, uh, doubt, (laughs) doubt God, frankly, to doubt a lot of things, to be disappointed. Um, But I believe those seasons are are shaping us and giving us the strength and allowing us to build the muscle in both character and experience for for ultimately uh, what our purpose and our calling and how we're supposed to show up and serve in the world, whether it's for other people on their own journey or just Mm -hmm. in our own next steps. And, you know, when I look back, even just on this last decade, um, there's so many, like literally every tough season, uh, I now see why it happened, right? Wow. One, one example, we were down to under $1,000 in our, in our company and personal combined bank account, which for our oh company gosh. meant we had a couple weeks left until we were done. Yeah. Uh, and we had a big phone call from a potential investor. So we were a couple of years into the business and potential investor, this big private equity company uh, was interested in investing in us. And I was like, this is huge. Like, like if they, cause they're, they're um, super well known for taking these tiny brands like pre-revenue and turning them to household names that we all buy in the grocery stores and they make them these big companies. And I'm like, oh my gosh, if they invest in us, A, we're not going to go bankrupt. Um, And B, maybe they can like use their leverage to get us in these stores that keep telling me no. Um, I was really excited. So we started the the meeting process, right? Where you show all your projections and your product pipeline and you do all these formal meetings. And we did meeting after meeting. It got to the final meeting and I thought this is going to be a yes. I was so excited. My husband and I flew up for the meeting and uh, I'll never forget this moment. And honestly, it's one of the probably, I don't know, one of, one of the most defining moments in my life because of the lesson I learned out of it. But yeah. um, we got to the final meeting and I was like, this is going to be huge. So we were in person and the head guy was about three feet from me, right, in person. And, and he says, we just want to congratulate you on, on your product. We really believe in it. Uh, but it's a no. We're going to pass on investing in It Cosmetics. And I was like okay. And I'd heard no so many times. And yeah. I was like, um, can you tell me why? Um, cause you know, feedback's usually a gift. <laughs> it's like, can, usually, usually. Like, usually it's a gift. <laughs> uh, 
And I said, I said, um, can you tell me why? And he got really quiet. And he says, do you want me to be really honest with you? Oh, gosh. And I was like, yes, please. You know, and he says, and he's like three feet from me. And my husband, uh, Paula, was on the other side. And he says, um, I just don't think women will buy makeup from someone who looks like you with your body and your weight. And them you, are fighting words. <laughs> well, it's it's interesting when he said that to me. I, first of all, I remember what his mouth like. I remember his mouth saying the words. I I, I remember re- my husband's fist <laughs> crossing over. <laughs> no, and and in the moment, like there's a lot of things happening. I, I felt like almost like a lifetime of body doubt and self-doubt kind of flood yes. my body. So I almost feel like I was staring my own fear yeah. um, straight in the eye. But when he said those words, I, I just don't think women will buy makeup from someone who looks like you with your body and your weight. I got this feeling, like literally, I remember it like it was yesterday. Like I, I got this feeling that said he's wrong. Like mm. I felt it. I had no proof. Right. I had no money. I had no sales <laughs> success. I had no traction. But I had this feeling, right? And listen, I went out to my car and cried my eyes out. Sure. I uh, had, in, in, I didn't hear from him for another six years, but in those six years, there were many times, cause we, we've all had moments where somebody, you know, doubts us or doesn't believe in us or looks us in the eye and tells us we're not enough. And, and, and I had to, I had to literally like intentionally turn down the volume on those words when, when they would enter my head again yeah. at some moment. And I would, I would tap in that feeling, that knowing, which I believe comes from God from, from yeah. my journey. I did have to tap into that feeling that said he's wrong. Right. And I also and I think this is so important and and hard to do. But when we're going after our goals and dreams to not take rejection personally, meaning this is a guy that in some ways was just as much impacted by the decades of the past beauty industry as I was. He's saying he doesn't think I'll make him money because of how. Right. So it's like, oh, he's just as much impacted. But how do you um, not take that personally? I know it's hard. Um, it's hard. But I've, I've learned to, to trust that and to trust that rejection is God's protection. And so and, and 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 just to share. So, OK, I don't want to, like, jump too far ahead. But six oh, years later, so I'm getting Tell all em. fired up. Tell I em. haven't seen people. In so long. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, yeah, I want to, like, hug everyone right now. Right. It's the best. It's the best. Um, but six years later, so um, so so L'Oreal ended up buying this company. I started my living room um, for, for one. How much money? <laughs> for, um, and it was a dream to partner with them. How much money? <laughs> Give the people the number. Okay. So they so really fast, and they said no for three years in meetings. So they they uh, they bought it cosmetics for 1.2 billion dollars. Billion cash, cash, <laughs> cash. Six years later, 1.2 <laughs> billion dollars cash. Um, and I have never sat with a billionaire <laughs> on purpose. I may have done no, it on accident. The cool part, the cool, the cool part is, um, and they made me their first woman to hold a CEO title in their yes. hundred plus year history, which is cool. Please um, tell me that guy had to come back into your life somehow. That guy yes, rejected you. Yes. So okay. So the day, so um, so you know, L'Oreal's a public company. Yeah. I didn't think, I didn't know until the day before that the purchase price was going to be disclosed. And so, oh, whoops! You're like, all my friends are about to know. <laughs> 
I know, yeah. right? I know. And, and like my friends and family saw me on QVC at that sure. point 250 times a year, but they didn't know if our company, no one really knew. Um, no one talks about billions. No. No. And so, um, no. And so, uh, and so, so the day that it happened, the day the deal was announced, it was, it was L'Oreal shared the purchase price. Yeah. And so it was everywhere. It was on the homepage of the Wall Street Journal. It was everywhere. Oh, and I got, um, and I heard from that guy. I heard from him for the first time in six years. Um, And he said, congratulations. I'm so happy for you. I was wrong. Um, And I learned it would have been the most successful investment in his company's history had he (laughs) believed in me. But here's the thing. Here's the thing. Rejection is God's protection. Like, had he believed in me back then when I just, that was all I wanted, um, I was so desperate at the time. Like, we probably would have given him the majority of the company for almost no money. And and because he didn't believe in me, by the time L'Oreal acquired our company, um, we were still the largest shareholders. And so it was like, (laughs) rejection is God's protection. (laughs) Right. (laughs) In so many areas. So, Yeah. I love that story. I love that number. That is a good number. Hey, friends, just interrupting our conversation to tell you about one of my favorite partners, Liquid IV. During these hot summer months, a few things that are essential in my daily routines are my quiet time and exercising. They truly jumpstart my day and clear my head and Give me the energy I need to tackle my to-do list. Along with those things, I always make sure to be proactive in giving my body the fuel and hydration it needs. Making hydration a priority helps us feel healthier on a day-to-day basis and fuels us to reach our highest potential. One stick of liquid IV in water hydrates faster and more efficiently than water alone. Not only that, but the product tastes great with flavors like watermelon, strawberry, and lemon-lime. Sounds like summer, doesn't it? I made sure to bring plenty of liquid IV on the tour with me and even kept the office stocked and my whole team is hooked and I can trust we're all getting the hydration and fuel our body needs for the workday. Most of my friends know I kind of can't stop talking about liquid IV. One of the many things I love about the company is that they are on a mission to give back and have already donated over 11 million sticks to people around the world. Products are being donated to hospitals, first responders, food banks, veterans, and active military. In fact, one of our staff's husband is a firefighter and they received a care package of hydration packets to their station because nothing's more important than keeping our first responders hydrated on the job. Our whole team has tried every hydration flavor, but some of our favorites are the passion fruit, the watermelon, the strawberry, but there are so many to choose from. You'll have to just let us know which one are your favorites. Liquid IV hydrates faster and more efficiently than water alone. It contains five essential vitamins, more vitamin C than an orange, and as much potassium as a banana. They're healthier than sugary sports drinks, no artificial flavors or preservatives, and less sugar than an apple. You can trust they're made with the clean ingredients, are non-GMO, vegan, and free of gluten, dairy, and soy. So make sure you grab your Liquid IV in bulk nationwide at Costco, or you can get 25% off when you go to liquidiv.com and use the code THATSOUNDSFUN at checkout. That's 25% off anything you order, and you get better hydration today using the promo code THATSOUNDSFUN at liquidiv.com. And now back to our conversation with Jamie. When you think about that, I mean, tell me what you know about God today that you didn't know the day before you got that call from L'Oreal. Because people mm. learn a lot from God when things go down. Yeah. What did you learn about God when this happened? Mm. 
what did I learn that's different? Well, you know, for me, my God journey has been, has been a lifelong one. I was, I was raised, you know, I, um, so when I wrote Believe It, uh, I decided to share it for the first time because I think, you know, uh, for one in, Corporate America, in a lot of parts of our country, in a lot of markets, um, you're encouraged not to share your faith. Right. Right. And when I was meeting with publishers, even, uh, there were some that didn't want me to to share that part of me. Right. And I wrote a whole book about how do you overcome self-doubt and step into who you authentically are. So how could I do this and not be authentic? (laughs) You know, and it was it's fascinating um, the relationship that faith has right now in a lot of areas of our society. Um, but I really wanted to share the real journey. Um, I was, I was raised going to church every Sunday, uh, and, and in a Lutheran church and I never connected with, like, I, like I never connected with, with, I, I would sit in the pews and, just scan the pews for cute boys and count down the minutes until the sermon ended. (laughs) And, and, but you know, I always prayed and I always thought I believed in God. And then I went through a season in my life where, um, you know, I lived in New York city for a while. I started meeting a lot of people of different faiths and no faith. And a lot of people that only believe in science, um, and only believe in, you know, you know, what you can see and feel and touch and prove for which, faith isn't required. And I went through maybe a decade long journey of what I call God doubt. And I started to doubt, like I would pray and I might be praying for a friend's health, but I actually wasn't sure. I actually doubted it. I never told anyone this. My parents would be mortified if I said, (laughs) oh, I'm doubting God exists. right? Right, right. And I went through a really tough season and, you know, um, uh, you know, there was a journey in my life where I found out in my late 20s I was adopted by surprise, and I went through this. It's all in the book. Y'all got to read it. She literally <laughs> accidentally found out she was adopted. Yeah, and that started like a whole season of calling thousands of women trying to find my birth mom. And when you're getting hung up on thousands of times for years, just this, I, w- I went through a, a, a season. Um, yeah. And, and, um, I was raised in a family that never went to therapy or counseling for help or anything. And I realized I need to do that. And I, I, I saw a therapist for the first time in my life on my own. And it was um, such a blessing. And uh, one day I was sharing with her, um, you know, I'm, I'm between being adopted and all these things. Like, I, I don't know where I come from, and I'm, I'm not even sure God exists. And she said to me something that changed my life and started my whole faith journey. She yes. said, well, what makes you think God can't handle your doubt? And I'm like, what do you mean? She's like, well, if he created the whole universe, what makes you think he can't handle your doubt? She says, try telling him you're doubting him and ask him to prove you wrong, like wow. beyond a shadow of a doubt, and see what happens. And I was like... Okay, <laughs> and um, <laughs> we'll do. <laughs> we'll do. And so this is like embarrassing to say, but we're family, and um, <laughs> at this point, and but so for several years, every you know, it didn't happen instantly. But every time I would pray, like if I was praying for a friend's health, I would literally in my head 
I would, you know, to myself, but or to God, I guess, I would silently say at the end of the prayer, um, and by the way, God, I'm doubting you exist. So if you could please show up and prove me wrong beyond a shadow of a doubt, I'd be so grateful. In Jesus' name, amen. Like, wow. that was like... <laughs> I mean, that is so honest, right? Gosh, like, that's beautiful. And it was like, I did that for years. And Gosh. the thing I was so um, just... You know, when I wrote this book, I prayed God use me. And, yeah. you know, I'm donating 100% of the proceeds, all that kind of stuff. I, and I love when you talked about, um, oh, what did you say sneaky Jesus was earlier? On oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. My yeah. kids, yeah, yes. You're sneaky <laughs> Jesus. Sure. In the book. But, but I wanted to share the real story because yes. I know there's a lot of people out there that maybe feel like they're not qualified to pray or they've made too many mistakes or they're not this enough or that enough for God to love them. And I, I talk about my own journey of, of navigating all that. Yeah. And there are more times than I can count where God has proved beyond a shadow of a doubt to me that he exists and literally all but screamed it from the rooftops. In some cases that happened. Yeah. Um, there are stories of, of, of people that said no for years that called up and said, I don't know why I'm calling, but, but God told me to call you. And you know what I mean? And, yes. and, and I, and I want to give you a chance. Like there's just story after story when I started, you know, asking him to show up. So I think that's what y'all are going to love. If you haven't read, believe it yet, is that as I was reading through, I'm going, oh, these are amazing stories. And then you get to the last two chapters and then Jamie sneaky Jesus is you. And she goes like, you know, that story you read back there, here's what that person heard from God that got them involved. I mean, it it is like ties everybody together. I was reading it today at Common Grounds. I was reading it out loud across the table. I was like, no, 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 listen to this. I mean, I was like an insane person. I love in the book as well is where you talk about having balance. And I think we're just going to go there about this because in the book, I thought you were going to talk about like mom guilt kind of balance Mm. and like that the balance isn't even really possible. We're not ever going to live a fully balanced life. How do we figure out where to put our energy? In fact, one of the people in the book is telling you a story and saying, well, I had to have someone come help clean my house because I needed to put my energy toward raising my kids and doing this and doing that. Yeah. Yeah. But one of the points you make in the book, and, and I think this connects with men and women, young and old, is that the energy we put toward being unkind to ourselves and our bodies is keeping us from putting good energy towards something else. Mm, yes. Will you talk about that and teach us how to redirect our energy? Yeah. I had so many epiphanies, right? So like in the book, I talk about self-doubt, body doubt, God doubt. Yeah. All the doubt. Yeah, all the <laughs> overcome it. The journey I think so many of us are on, which is a lifelong journey, right? Of 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 continually learning how to overcome self-doubt and, and step into who the person we're born to be. Yeah. Um, and one of the big epiphanies I had, and you know, when when I created it cosmetics, it's like, so I'm not a person, and, and there are people that love to spend hours doing artistic makeup, and I'm not like I like I love watching those YouTube videos though. Right? They're oh, beautiful. And I feel like if it brings you joy and it's fun, mm-hmm. great. But I'm someone that's like, no, I like 
under five minutes. That's it. Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, that's it. And um, everyone's different. Uh, but, you know, there's a famous quote that anything, uh, the price you pay uh, 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 for, okay, now I'm going to forget it. And it's in my book. Oh, my gosh. Do you the want me price. Find it? Yes, yes. Tell me where. <laughs> I don't know a page. <laughs> but it's like the, the price you pay for something is, the, is, the t- is what you could have been doing in its place, right? Yes, yes, the, yes. The time you, you yeah. The time you, um, spend on anything, the energy you spend on anything comes at the price of what that energy could be going to. Mm-hmm. So every choice you make comes at the expense of what that time and energy could have been going to. Yes. And I had this epiphany where I realized the number of, um, hours, endless hours, hours. of, of, moments I spent on thinking about things like what size I was, what I fit into, trying, not wanting to go to an event because nothing fit. And the more I thought about it, I realized, well, wait a minute. Like there's probably so many young girls and women watching Annie Downs build an empire and be vulnerable and be honest. And they're so inspired and believe they can do it themselves because they see you doing it. And I had this moment where I realized, wait a minute, I'm dimming my own light. I'm, 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 I'm calling it humble. I'm dimming my own light. I'm not wanting to be in any of this stuff, but what if there's other girls and women out there that if they read my story of being a Denny's waitress and working, uh, pushing grocery carts in the Safeway parking lot and starting this idea in my living room, what if they read that and then they see me on the Forbes list and they believe they can be on the Forbes, right? And I had this epiphany. And so now I let them print whatever they want. I I still don't (laughs) give them information, but I'm like, okay. (laughs) Call me as rich as you want. (laughs) It's just a weird topic because you just feel like you, but I just realized, you know what? Like, if, if we don't ever start to, to realize when we're dimming our own light. Um, gosh, gosh, yes. and, and as women, so many of us, you know, if you, if you really think about it, and I talk about this and believe it as well, just my journey of realizing this, that, that we often bond over problems, mm, right? And, and when you think about groups of women, and, and we all at our core want to belong and want to fit in and want to be loved, and, and when you think about peer groups of women that go to coffee, like, like most of the time it, you feel, um, if you just like, oh, I'm gaining weight and I, this happened and that, my house is a mess. Da, da, da. We don't take compliments and we are self-deprecating and we all fit in. But if someone comes in that group and is like, you know, this happened and like, I just pulled right up and didn't have to put money in the meter and I got the first <laughs> parking spot and yeah. I, I've been eating whatever I want and I just I can't, like all the things... <laughs> They risk exclusion. Uh, yes. You see what I mean? Yes. But, but that shouldn't be the case. Right. Right? Like, and so I feel like That's one step. Right? I feel like one step at a time as women, when we learn to shine our own light, and even if not everyone gets it, and even if five haters online pop up, yeah. we just got to endure it. Because, it. because I think it's important we start flipping that narrative. Yeah. Um, and... And most men are like, you know, yeah, I benched 220 or whatever it right, is. They, they celebrate right. and we're like, oh, I'm a hot mess. Right. And so like, I think, right. do you know what I mean? And so it's right. like, I think one step at a time, um, just that awareness of, wait, am I dimming my own light and calling it, you know, being humble? And am I doing it to fit in? And, and That's what you say, not fitting in 
can be a superpower. Yeah, yeah. I love that. Yeah. Well, you know, in, in the journey with L'Oreal, it was, it was three years, by the way, and they have 40 beautiful, luxurious brands, and I would go to their offices, and they were, you know, all in couture and all this stuff, and I was like, oh. And um, for a long time, I felt like I didn't fit yes, in. Totally. Um, and, I, and, and even when they would give me advice on things to change the brand, because I had this vision of partnering with them, but it always end, the meetings would always end in a no. Mm. Um, but I, the one thing I will say is in that journey of building at Cosmetics, I continued to stay true to the, the original mission, mm. even when people said to change it. Yeah. Uh, the original mission of, of using every you know, type of real person um, as a model. That's what we have loved about it all along. Yeah. I mean, that's what we, my friends and I talk about with your line is mm. all those girls look so different. Yeah. And they, all, yeah. and they all look like someone I know. Yeah. And you just never gave that up, even when the pressure was so high and the other to change thing, your life. I mean, that's dimming to, your light, too. Yeah, and you exactly. Didn't do it. Yeah. And, and, and also, like, we, you know, when we finally did start getting in stores, they'd want us to, you know, create a product that was on trend or that was a beautiful artistry product. I'm like, that's not our mission. Like, yeah. you know, like, that's not aligned with who we are. And, and we always stuck to that. And so we didn't just launch random crap because it was going to make money short term, right. which a lot of brands are forced to do. And yeah. We stuck really, sorry to say that in a church, but uh, we stuck really. <laughs> Harris we, Creek, I think we'll survive us. Okay, I good. think they'll survive we, us. We stuck really true to like, and, and, and when I say like, um, there's a famous quote, I think it's Dr. Seuss who says, you have to be odd to be number one. Yes. And when you, sometimes we feel quirky or like who we are doesn't fit in. I believe that's our superpower. And it, it cosmetics. By the time you guys, after, after three years of them saying no, when L'Oreal acquired our brand it was because we stuck to that we stuck to that that odd, being odd being authentically who we were and they owned 40 other companies but we weren't like any one of them yeah and so we had created something that was so valuable that didn't compete with any of their other brands yes. that made it worth so much money for them and so I think I think sometimes we can walk in rooms and feel like, oh, wait, do I, should I change who I am? Should I show up as my representative? And it's like, no, it's like to, to ever, you know, find fun and yeah. joy yeah. <laughs> and fulfillment, but also to step into all of who you are. It's like really learning to just, you know, embrace who you are fully and, and stick to it. One of the reasons I really wanted you to be one of these live shows is I think what, when you explain things like that, what you're actually telling a real gospel message mm. of do not change the gospel even if it's different. Mm. Do not water this thing down because what people actually love about Jesus is who he really is, mm. right? And so, and so you're doing a sneaky Jesus thing on everybody <laughs> by saying like, I know we're talking about makeup, but what I'm actually talking is about who are you? Yes. And are yes. you willing to be fully you in a room? Because we, Jamie and I both were talking earlier that we feel like we look like siblings a little bit. Don't we, we kind feel like of? There's a lot of similarities in our faces <laughs> and bank accounts. And, um, <laughs> and I am a thousandaire, and it gets me where I need to go. Um, but I, I think one of the things is I don't, the world doesn't need me to be Jamie and the world doesn't need Jamie to be Annie. Yeah. What is actually our gospel call is go hard after being you. Yes. And light up a room. Light up a room. And if you don't show up because the jeans didn't fit, the world misses out on you. Yes. And that's yes. ridiculous. Put on soft pants. 
<laughs> yes. like, come on anyway, yes. right? And this message, oh gosh, and this is so important. I, I hope and pray every person listening to us, like that this takes root because, you know, the, in a social media world where we're seeing every, you know, so many people's highlight reels and our human brain goes right to comparison syndrome and yes. right to thoughts like, you know, we post something and then only one person liked it. And we're like, wait a minute. And we get tempted to show up as someone else or show up as our representative, right? And, and show up you know, as our representative. Yikes. Yeah. And here's the thing is, all the research shows that like the only way you can ever have an authentic, a true connection with another human being is if you show it fully authentically, yeah. like all the parts, good parts, messy parts, quirky parts. And, and, and that's the only way you can have a real connection in, in a relationship with friends or family or a relationship with your customers mm. or a relationship with your community online or a relationship with the readers of your book or right. And, and, and so, and, and I learned this play out before my eyes after we eventually um, uh, got on QVC, which is a yeah. crazy story. Um, and one of the biggest risks I've ever taken in my career, that one shot we got on, on QVC, not knowing if we'd ever come back. Um, but when we eventually did, <laughs> I ended up doing over a thousand live shows myself and oh my was, gosh. it was a wild, blessed journey. Uh, and were y'all and still living going. in LA and you were flying to Pittsburgh So we all the time? moved. Yeah, we moved okay. and we were in Jersey City, but I was basically living in, in Pennsylvania yeah. in the QVC green room and then the Sheraton Hotel, the only hotel right there in in um, nearby, and I was, uh, we were there. Uh, two hundred. I was doing two hundred fifty live shows a year myself. Um, oh my gosh. And but but you're at any moment, <laughs> if one show doesn't go well, you could lose a product. Yeah. Um, and you, it was this. It was a wild season. Um, I uh, was completely burnt out and doing yeah. hundred hour weeks and made a lot of mistakes um, in that journey. Uh, but one of the cool parts <laughs> was that. Um, you see tens of thousands of entrepreneurs come through the door, right? Yeah. So like all the uh, companies you guys know in um, every store, whether it's like Apple iPhone or Vitamix or Dyson, it's every brand out there. At some point, they try to sell their products on QVC. And so over the course of eight years, um, uh, I got to meet tens of thousands of entrepreneurs in the green room because yeah. you're there for hours. If you're on, <laughs> on air for eight minutes, you're there for a minimum of four hours in the green room because oh you gosh. do the before shots and the producer meetings. And, and it's, it's a wild place. Like you, you can sell more on QVC in one hour than a whole year in department stores. So everyone, you know, oh it's, gosh. it's, um, cause they're live to a hundred million homes and, uh, and QVC changed our life. They changed our yeah. company, the everything. Um, but, uh, what I was going to say that was one of the biggest lessons I learned around authenticity was, you know, over the course of the 10 years, sorry, the eight years and meeting tens of thousands of entrepreneurs, very few ever made it. Like, like 99%, even the big brands we love, their, their CEO or founder or their, their, their most seasoned sales person would go on air on QVC yeah. and they would only last one show. They wouldn't hit the sales numbers. Um, some lasted two shows. Almost uh, most of them don't make it because you have to hit a certain sales per minute. And so over the years, uh, I eventually started thinking about like, what is that commonality of the, of the brands that make it, that last, yeah. Yeah. that like 
build a big customer following and, and, and keep hitting their sales goals? Like, what is that? Is there something they have in common? Um, and here's the thing that I realized. It wasn't the ones that necessarily have the best product. Um, it wasn't, and although some of them really have amazing products, it wasn't the ones that, had the, that were the most well-funded or the person that went on air that was the best salesperson or the funniest or any of those things. Yeah. The only thing that I could ever, ever see that they've all had in common, the brands that made it were, were the ones where the person that went on air live to 100 million homes was the same off air in the green room when no one's wow. watching and we're all sitting around eating donuts and talking wow. the same there as they were on air for better or worse. Right. Like some are, are way out there. <laughs> like some are real introverted, real yeah. quiet, but the ones that showed up who they authentically were. And it's like, I started realizing this is really fascinating because you can't fake authenticity, right? right. And, and customers are smart and people are smart. Like we know when, you know, we're at coffee with, uh, on a date and we're like, mm, or we're with friends and we feel like somebody's not. One of the, one of the girls <laughs> at the table isn't telling the truth. Yeah. Yes, yeah. we feel it, right? And so customers feel it too. Um, communities online feel it. And churches feel it. Churches <laughs> feel pastors. it. Yes, yes, you feel it. You feel it. And, and I think that this lesson and, and me seeing it play out right before my eyes on, oh, wow, the, the ones that made it out of tens of thousands of entrepreneurs, the ones that it, are the same. And, and I think as human beings, especially in this digital world, especially as we are so easy to compare ourselves to everyone else's highlight reel when we learn that lesson of oh my gosh if I just like like shed that representative costume and just show up yeah. as me yeah. and like that's your superpower yes. like that's your superpower and to see that in the business uh, world before my eyes yes. was huge and yes. when we all learn that lesson personally it's freeing. Oh my gosh. It's freeing. It's so powerful. Yeah. And what, what, it, what seems to be true is what works in one mountain of culture works in every mountain of culture. Yeah. yeah. And so, man, that is, oh, you got me fired up, girl. You're lucky I'm still sitting. <laughs> I like to jump up and talk about it. I'm going to preach about it, but yes. I'm not going to do it. Um, Jamie, we are already out of time, which I oh can't believe. You're incredible. You're incredible. I'm just so thankful. Um, is there anything we didn't cover that you want to make sure we say? Oh, my gosh. Just that you're as amazing behind the scenes as oh, on stage. You're, that's Pretty much that. Kind. That's, <laughs> that is very kind. Thank you. I mean, you are, I, I've told you this in person and in and a letter and in all the ways that I am so inspired by you. Not just the sale, though, yes. Um, I am actually so inspired because I love seeing strong women build empires and build things that, that affect the kingdom of God mm. and affect people for the kingdom of God and have healthy friendships and families. Wow. And you do. And so I just yeah. think, I think so highly of you. Another one of our mutual friends on a video said, um, at, at your book launch said, Jamie always shows up for people. Of course, everyone showed up for her today. And today, her whole plan of being in this town with us got canceled, and she came anyway and is going right back. And I said, I can't believe you did that. And she said, why show up for my friends? Right? So, yes, I know. Um, I hope this is not your last time on That Sounds Fun. That would be my dream, that this is just the beginning of us getting to do this. The last question we always ask is, because the show is called That Sounds Fun, tell me what sounds fun to you. 
Oh my goodness. Uh, what sounds fun to me is dancing with you okay. as we close the show. Okay, yeah, that yeah, sounds, yeah. And, and, and everyone else dancing with us. Oh, that we'll be sounds doing that. so fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That was not, <laughs> are y'all ready back there for music? We're going to have to keep some good tunes. Yeah, I'm we'll try, do that. We I'm trying to dance more and I'm trying okay. to have more fun. And here's the, I am so inspired and I think what your message is so important. You know, I um, we have another mutual friend, Bob Goff. Yes. And when I first met Bob, uh, I had to be so honest with them. I'm like, I don't, I don't think that I've been having fun for a long time because <laughs> I was like working so hard and I went through the season where when we finally started getting success, I almost couldn't believe it. Yeah. Like, and then I just was like, oh, I got to strike while the iron's hot. And, and I became addicted to work and I just, it was, it was 10 years of hundred hour weeks. And after I met him for the first time, he sent me a Mickey. So he wears a Mickey Mouse yes. watch every day. He sent me a Mickey Mouse watch in the, oh. in the mail. And he's like, here's to having more fun. And, yeah. um, and so now my husband got me this Mickey Mouse watch. I literally have to wear reminders to have fun, yes. which sounds, you know, maybe doesn't sound crazy to a lot of people, not. right? It does not sound crazy. Yeah, we have yeah. to remember to eat healthy. We have to remember to take care of our bodies. We have to remember to take care of our spirits. We have to remember to have fun. Have it's fun. part of you. Yes, yes, yes. You were doing it just right. Yeah. Um, friends, you. will you please thank Jamie Kern Lima for joining us? Yay! Amazing, <laughs> amazing. Oh, friends, isn't she the best? Y'all, did you love hearing how the audience like fell in love with her as the show kept going? Oh, I loved it. You probably feel the same. Me too. I adore her. We're going to be friends forever. Be sure to grab a copy of her book, Believe It. And y'all, she's donating 100% of her author proceeds for Believe It to Feeding America and Together Rising. How amazing is that? Please give Jamie Kern Lima a follow if you're not already and tell her thanks so much for being on the show. If you need anything else from me, you know I'm embarrassingly easy to find. Annie F. Downs on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, all the places you may need me. That's how you can find me. And I think that's it for me today, friends. Go out or stay home and do something that sounds fun to you. I'll do the same. Have a great week. We'll see you back here on Wednesday as our live shows continue with Knox and Jamie from the podcast. Yeah.